Hey, it's Kaylee and Paige Chambers. And this is the Uniquely Us Moms podcast. After our co-parenting relationship being called weird, unorthodox, and straight out of a goddamn TLC show, we decided it was time to show and share our unique co-parenting life to help break the stigma of amicable, cooperative, and friendly co-parenting. Each episode, we talk about how we got here, as our relationship wasn't always this way, our experiences, tips, tricks, and resources, and we share how we continue to foster this relationship. Join us while we talk about what works for us in our blended family. Maybe you'll find something that works for you and your family. What may sound weird to you is our normal and makes us unique. So it comes as no surprise that I am the animal lover probably of the family, probably the biggest one. We're all animal lovers, but I'm the one who, when an animal's in need, I'm all about helping them. Um, So it comes as no surprise that rescuing has always been a very large passion of mine. And it proof is in the pudding, I guess you could say, because three out of our four dogs are rescues. Our gecko was a rescue. My cat was a rescue. Um, I've rescued several horses and rehabilitated them. So it comes as no surprise that this is a passion of mine to anyone that actually knows me. But the reason I'm talking about this passion of mine today is because um, I wanted to discuss one of my animals um, as she's near and dear to me and where she came from. So Macy came into the Chambers household last April and she came up from Texas. Um, She was in a shelter down there and was rescued by an organization called Rebel Dog Rescue. And they are a nonprofit organization out of um, Niagara region in the GTA. So I often laugh because I call her my little Texas street dog. That isn't necessarily her story, but because she's from Texas, she just, everything's bigger in Texas. And I laugh because her personality is huge. Um, so for those of you that don't know, Texas has a very, very large population of dogs. And by large population of dogs, I literally mean every shelter is full to the max. And unfortunately, because of that, a lot of them are, um, kill shelters. So they have an expert dogs when they come in the door, have an expiration date. It doesn't matter if they're old, young, male, female, no issues, puppy, like doesn't matter. They're, they do not discriminate. That dog has a certain amount of time to find a home, and if it's not, it's euthanized because otherwise they would run out of room. So the organization that we got Macy through is an organization that works with a lot of the shelters down there, and they help to bring a truckload of dogs up a month and find homes for them. So Rebel Dog, like I mentioned, is a nonprofit rescue organization, and their mission is to help save dogs that are found abandoned, neglected, and in immediate risk of um, euthanization. So Macy, unfortunately, was in that case, and I couldn't imagine her not being here today because she's just amazing. Um, This rescue was really easy to work with. We had a really awesome adoption counselor, and she was really good about walking us through the process um, and giving us all the tools that we needed afterwards to have Macy because a lot of these dogs come in very scared and very nervous and... um, they're what they classify as a flight risk. So if she had gotten off leash, there was a high possibility she'd run and run and run and probably not come back. So 
We were given all the tools we needed through the organization and it was a great experience nonetheless. Um, with that being said, I've also had two of my friends who have also adopted with Rebel Dog since I have. And again, their experiences were great. Um, so Rebel is an acronym for Rescue, Educate, Believe, Empower, and Love Dogs. And that's truly at the heart of everything that they do. I will say that they they really, really focus on being the voice of the voiceless in an ethical and powerful way. So they really try to make sure that everybody's aware of these situations and, you know, the spay and neuter clauses and things like that, because we don't need an abundance of dogs in the world. And unfortunately, we are living in a world right now that there's so many dogs and not enough people willing to take them on. Um, so it is a very large problem. So with that being said, over the next couple weeks, um, or maybe indefinitely, I don't really know, I'm going to help by highlighting a dog for Rebel Dog Rescue. So they recently have undergone a little bit of struggle um, with an organization in Ontario that they were advertising through due to no fault of their own. Um, most of the dogs, like I said, that they are dealing with come from Texas. So they were listed as from Texas, but really they were in Ontario. And long story short, they lost their ability to advertise on there. And that's a huge problem because they're an amazing organization and they have no platform to now share that information aside from through their social media and you know through word of mouth and networking and things like that. So I have decided to do my part in helping them out and I wanted to take a chance to highlight a dog that they have each week. So how it generally works is they have um, an idea of how many dogs they've got coming up in the next month and they'll post an awesome bio on their website and on their socials and you know they'll take applications and you have to go through the application process and it's not that it's difficult but it's really going to make sure that you're ready for this dog because they want to make sure that these dogs are not going to end up in this situation again um in some cases they end up with some stayers as they call them that have been with them a little bit longer because they wanted to find them the perfect home others find homes immediately it really just depends so um, the dog I actually wanted to highlight this week is one that has been kind of on my radar for a while because he's been here for quite some time and he's just looking for his perfect person. So his name is Otis. Um, he was actually found on the streets in Texas. At the time, he was a bit thin and he was starved for affection. Um, and he really has come into his own coming to Canada. He has been here for a little while. He's actually in with a trainer and he's learning, you know, about how to be a proper dog in this world, um, which in some cases can be really hard, especially when they were on the street for so long. And he's kind of a special dog, like he's gonna need the right person. And, you know, somebody who is really looking for a dog of their own that they're confident with, who has had a dog before, um, because unfortunately he's a little bit nervous and scared. So he just, he needs that love, but, he is a really lovable dude. He is four years old. He's about 65 pounds and he's an American Bulldog mix. Um, so all of the dogs that come from Texas are treated for heartworm. Heartworm down there is very rampant. So it is something that we make sure that we continue to treat Macy for because unfortunately it's something that can show up six months down the road, um, even though it's tested before they come up here. Um, so he has been treated for heartworm like the rest uh, because of his 
lack of care on the streets. He had some skin irritation and some skin issues, which were dealt with. Um, he is now fixed and he's good with adults. He's good with kids that are 16 plus. Um, he's selective about dogs and other animals in his house. So he'd be probably best for a one dog only home, meaning just himself. He is crate trained. Um, what else can I tell you about him? Yeah, he like overall, like I'm looking at his bio right now and Honestly, if you have any questions, hop onto their website, um, which I'll put in the description in the link below. But he's a cool dog, and I really do think that, you know, with a little, with the right person, he's going to make an amazing dog. Um, he just, he needs his person. We all need our people, right? So with that being said, like I said, I'm going to be popping on every week um, as one, a bit of our podcast and kind of talking about this. But if you would like more information about Rebel Dog Rescue, whether you want to adopt, foster, volunteer, or donate, you can visit their website at rebeldogrescue.com or visit their socials. They have Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And like I said, you can find a link to their website in the description. And yeah, honestly, guys, it's probably one of the best experiences I've had rescuing. Um, I have rescued now numerous times and sometimes the situations weren't so bad and other times the situations were a little bit more difficult. Um, but all in all, I would hazard to guess that you would much rather deal with an easy situation. And especially when it comes to adding a family member in your house. Rebel Dog is the way to go. They're going to give you the tips and the tools and make sure it's the right fit to ensure that everybody is succeeding in this situation. So something I've always been passionate about and it's not really a surprise is um, bullying prevention and, you know, really working with kids and youth to understand the ramifications of bullying um, so it's a topic we decided to kind of touch on this week because, you know, we're in a quieter time and, um, of the year. And I find that that's when it becomes most prevalent because kids are kind of left to their own devices. And mm-hmm. now that we have screens and, you know, I remember as a kid having MSM Oh my god! <laughs> and yes. like that kind of stuff. And like, it was really like cyberbullying was really big then. Yeah. Um, but now we have all sorts of options for kids mm-hmm. that are involve screens and it makes you wonder what's kind of going on well and you you there's stuff that you're not going to see like there's things that you're not going to know and there's and some kids don't know exactly what this depends on what age they are what exactly bullying is yeah like we like i would say there it kind of happens at every age but like the younger you are it's like oh you can't be friends with me and it's Mm -hmm. Things that don't last a long period of time, but as yeah. they grow older and come into that preteen and into the teenage years, like people learn how to hold grudges and it's they... no longer you're not welcome to my you can't come to my birthday this year. It's let me start some rumors. And yeah, exactly. Create some chaos. You did this, even though you didn't do this, and yep, for sure get you in trouble. I found for myself, like I was really bullied in elementary school. And I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was bullied in high school. I just didn't, like, I had a lot of acquaintances and have a lot of friends. Yeah. Like, I was kind of friends with everybody. Yeah. But I think it's because of how I was treated in elementary school that I was really guarded. Yeah. I think I was the same. Like, elementary school, I was, I was teased a lot. I was, I, I wasn't a group, like, I, I hung out with a group of girls, but they didn't really, there was still, like, a, you know, the cooler girls above us yeah. that 
made it, you know, it all trickles down. And I, Mm -hmm. the one name I remember being called distinctly is a fat cow. Now Mm -hmm. I remember I was a chubby little kid, which we're all kind of chubby when we're like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, before you grow into yourself. Yeah. That really, that sticks with you. Yep. And, you know, I like high school for me too was kind of the same. Like there wasn't really, yeah, whatever. I think everyone kind of teases everyone in high school, but it wasn't as prevalent as it was in elementary school. Like girls are so mean. Yeah. Like, they really are. <clears throat> like I feel like boys for the most part, like they start dealing with it with their fists. But yes. Girls use emotions and their words. And I yeah. feel like sometimes like that's, it really it hurts yeah and unfortunately i think like girls also use it towards guys that way yes and i think that that's almost sometimes just as bad and i mean bullying is a serious issue like we don't have all of these campaigns for anti-bullying for no reason Mm -hmm. between pink shirt day and you know all of these things i mean we know bullying and um these kinds of options lead to unfortunately a lot of negative pieces if not dealt with yeah i mean there's the aspect of uh, youth suicide yeah there's the aspect of you know now our kids are learning what lockdowns are like oh yeah it's it's insane well and think about how long when the kids were like homeschooled and stuff how long they went without seeing friends like and or just seeing people on screens and like mm-hmm. it's such a different world yeah for all these kids and how they're socialized yeah even well and <laughs> I ha- like for me it always comes back to like you are a role model for your child mm-hmm. and they are going to emulate what they see yeah and if they see you picking on a sibling or picking on mom or picking on a friend or even if it's in a joking matter like mm-hmm. it has to be in a good context but unfortunately, they pick it up and they take it with them and they use it and it can be used really inappropriately. And I also feel that there's a lot of different pieces to this in that, okay, so that happens. But at the same point in time, like they learn to use that as fuel to hurt others because yeah. it feels better to hurt others than to feel hurt themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Especially kids with, where there's maybe not so great things happening at home. Yeah. And oftentimes they do say like bullies or kids that are, you know, a little bit more dominant generally have a lot going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And that has been what's caused them to be like that. Yeah. Like maybe their parents are divorced and they're fighting or maybe their parents aren't, you know, maybe their parents are having separating a, or, or is something or they're arguing yeah. a lot and then the kids are coming to school and they're using that energy against the other yeah. kids at school that are unfortunately they're taking suffering. on they're taking on <clears throat> more mature issues and yeah they don't they don't know how to deal with that no. so they're rebelling yeah it's a it's a really unfortunate situation and like i have said before um i was nominated for top 20 under 20 for a bullying prevention program that i created when i was in high school so yes it is a huge passion project of mine and if <laughs> i had it my way like i would 100 percent be doing that today but it's not an easy thing to do um, it's very difficult to fund. It's very difficult to get into schools, um, with the kind of program I had because it was a one day exclusivity program mm-hmm. that went into schools and 
basically broke down the barriers for kids and made them understand like your actions have consequences and generally those consequences aren't something you can see on the outside for other people yeah and that they're not alone and a lot of these issues that they are dealing with others are dealing with too or have dealt with yeah because unfortunately sometimes that's where the issue can be is that they think that they're alone and they lash out yeah no one else is going through what I'm going through. Yeah. So I need to treat, I, I need to let out this emotion somehow. Yep, absolutely. <clears throat> and I think that we all have at least a situation we can think of where we were really put in a situation that, you know, left us scarred emotionally or mm-hmm. physically mm-hmm. because of a situation that bullying occurred in our life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yours was... <clears throat> Like, you instantly went to the, this was the comment that was made about me. Yeah. Mine was always that I was the ugly duckling. Yeah. And I wasn't good enough or smart enough. Mm. So, and for me, like, it it started really young. Like, I really didn't have friends in elementary school. And I had a babysitter who had a daughter who was, like, a terror. Like, she, and the unfortunate part was, like, I was there every day in the summer because my parents left us with the babysitter every day. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was there every day after school, and it was awful. Like, you're ugly. You can't, you're not friends with us. Like, why am I going to be nice to you? And, like, just, it really was really difficult. And beyond that, like, and she was a year older than me, so, like, it really shouldn't have affected me. But, I mean, it really takes a hit on your self-confidence, and then you mm-hmm. actually just don't know how to socialize with others. Yeah. Well, and it really sticks with you as a person, like... As you grow and mature, you're always thinking back to that, like, what she said. Like, I'm sure, like, it's, oh, yeah. it's obviously it stuck with you until yeah. now. Like, well, and I mean, like, there was other situations, but that was yeah. one that, like, really was not cool. And I really, like, I I can to this day tell you exactly where the house was, where her bedroom was in that house. <laughs> like, I can tell you everything about that whole situation. Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate part is that it left a really nasty taste in my mouth. Um, but I mean, like I, when I was in grade five, I moved schools, um, because my mom and my stepdad had separated for a period of time. So we moved from one school to another and I decided at that point that I was going to be somebody I wasn't because I didn't like who, like, I didn't like not having friends. I didn't like who I had become. So Mm. I put on a very fake face when we moved to the new school and pretended I was the shit and pretended I had watched every episode of Full House and like <laughs> the whole nine yards just because I wanted to fit in. Yeah. Because I did not want to be a target. Yeah. And I I fell into the popular crowd there and I was only there for half of a year before my parents got back together and I ultimately moved and I ended up um, at a public school for the rest of public school and then into high school I was at the same high school. Mm. But it really stuck with me. Like, I really just didn't, I was not myself. I was not the person I had grown up to be. And then when I moved, um, to the public school that I went to for the rest of her grade six, seven, and eight, um, the first year I met like one friend and her and I were really close Mm -hmm. and we kind of just stayed together. She was kind of a bit of an outcast. I was a little bit of an outcast. Yeah. But the funny part was that like, I had gone from being the ugly duckling to I was starting to, like, sprout into, like, a nice-looking girl. <laughs> and the cutest guy in class at the time liked me. So, mm-hmm. 
I was a bit popular on that respect, but beyond that, and I didn't really want to have anything to do with him. <laughs> um, but I took advantage of it a little bit because I was like, oh, oh, you live on a horse farm. Oh. <laughs> um, and if he's listening to this, he'll know it's him. But um, I mean, years later, I still think about him and I still think about, you know, our talks and our chats and whatever else. And I mean, he was a good person and we even talked past that year, mm-hmm. but he ended up moving and I moved on to seven and eight and my friend who was kind of the outcast and I made friends with like the sporty girls and uh-huh. we, we fell into that crowd and I started doing sports even though I am the clumsiest person of life. And you know, I took on soccer mm-hmm. and I played, Oh, I was a hundred meter dash girl. Oh geez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, but and in high school, mm-hmm. like I just, I fell out of touch with those girls and, Kind of just was acquaintances with everyone. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing. No. Really. Protect yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. In high school, I can't really recall any, any like, teasing, really. But I also stayed kind of in the neutral zone. Like, I was kind of friends with, every, like, younger crowd, older crowd. Me too. Like, yeah. not a ton of people in the same grade but like a couple but like it was very like spread out in my friend groups like I had a few different ones that I kind of bought the two yeah because I didn't I don't know I was just very very not flaky but very like I don't know it really depended on who who, uh, yeah on the day and who hang out with and yeah I mean High school is such a weird spot because you're trying to figure out who the hell you are. And, and what you're supposed to do four years from then. Well, exactly. And, like, a friend of mine at work, we were talking the other day. Like, I can distinctly remember just walking in the cafeteria and getting the most anxiety I've ever, ever gotten. Like, every day. Because you're like, who do I go sit with today? Yeah. Like, like, where is there going to be room? Who am I going to go sit with? What's going to be, like is it going to be okay today? Like I can distinctly remember like every day. Yeah. And I had those same feelings about high school because I was like, I never really had a crowd specifically, but Mm. I got really involved in extracurriculars. Like I, I poured myself into extracurriculars and that's where I stayed. Like I was part of, like I was a um, mentor for younger students after grade nine. Mm -hmm. I was a prefect. So I planned all the school's events and I, was a part of it. And I was actually like one of the presidents for two oh, wow. years um, of that. And like, so I did a lot of things like, and I played soccer on the soccer team. And, you know, I, I actually ran um, an eating disorder awareness group. And mm-hmm. like, I I did a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And like, I was a part of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I did DECA. I did business at um, MBA. Like I really poured myself into that. And I met people through that. And I hung out to do with those things. But I didn't really, like, I had two friends I can think of that I still talk to, to yeah. this day. And I mean, one of them lives in Australia. <laughs> the other lives in Guelph. And, like, I she came to my wedding and, like, we still chat back and forth. But we're not as close as we were. No. But I look back on those years and, like, I remember having, I had a 16th birthday party. And the amount of, like, chaos and drama that went on that night between people and I was like oh my god and I invited people that like I thought I was really good friends with and like that I was close with and now I'm like it's interesting because that was such like I it was like a semi-formal event like Mm -hmm. it was a 
it was a big thing it for me. It was my super sweet 16? Yes. <laughs> Except, like, country version. Yeah. Send me formal dresses. <laughs> um, and, like, it was a big moment then. And I look back now and I was like, it really, mm-hmm. like, it didn't, it's not that it didn't mean anything, but I can tell you that the only person, like, that I still talk to that was from there mm-hmm. lives Australian now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. But I never, because I got so involved with this bullying prevention program, like I, all through high school, like I was, I was a very different person. And I think I just, I found myself a lot quicker than some people did. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't like being around it. Mm -hmm. Like I really avoided it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. And I mean, it's different. Like we've dealt with it with Corbin. Yeah. But Yeah. Diff, it, you know, it started. Oh, how old was he? He was grade one. Was it grade one? Yeah. Yeah. There was a boy in his class, and they. I want to say they were very. Uh, I think they were alike a bit. Like, I think they were too much alike. Yeah, that's the problem. And they were they were really clashing, <clears throat> like clashing personalities. Like they. They, they would play together, but then it was like always a problem like yeah and it just escalated. constant yeah yeah and then when they were like if so they would play like you know they played together outside and then it would continue in class and then in class turned into like um the other boy kind of getting St. Corbin to do things yeah. he shouldn't do and then and... he would get in trouble for yeah. these things and then and then you know... he would rebel against the kid and then he would get in yeah. trouble again and yeah it got to the point where I, I did write a letter or letter, an email to the principal saying I did not want Corbin in that same class as him because mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to deal with that again. Cause I think we did two years of that. Yeah. And, um, the principal replied to me saying, um, typically we like to not do that because we want them to come work it th- yeah to them to work it out and i said i think we're past the point of them working it out because it's been two years of them being in the same class and it's been the same thing yeah so i think we're ready to try something different because yeah. <laughs> they're not coming to any agreements it's not changing no. it doesn't matter what anybody says because there's not i mean in schools there's not like nobody you don't get in trouble anymore like you go to the principal's office and it's not, like it's not the same fear that we had. No, as a kid. when we were kids, going to the principal's office was the bad news bears. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to go to the principal's office because you're in shit. Yeah. And now it's you know you're not in shit. You know you you're you going just, for a timeout. Yeah, you go time or you you guys need to learn how to get to along. Like what do you, yeah, you basically have you don't have a choice. You gotta come to an agreement or. <laughs> it is a very different style now. It is. I will say that. But I mean, like, <coughs> Corbin's had that I don't want to play with you card. He's had that thrown at him. Yeah. And, but he is also very much an independent child. And if well, he's been... not doing what they want to do, he will just do what he wants to do. Yeah, there's been times where he's told me that he's just walked around the playground yeah. by himself. Or with the teacher that's doing the, the yard yeah. duty, whatever. And. I feel bad. Yeah. Because I was that kid too. Yeah. Like, 
like um when he was at Plattsville and the kids were playing soccer and he's like I don't he's not an athletic kid <clears throat> and that's fine but he doesn't want to go play soccer no like no. he'll play like when they play manhunt like he'll play it, yeah but it's not his first thing that he wants to do like no it's it's hard like I was never a kid that wanted to go play soccer either like I was unfortunate that child. Well, but like, you know what I, I was mean? Like, like, let me play <clears throat> soccer, but I was never really good at it, so. Yeah. No, it's it's tough. And I mean, like, he's talked about, like, you know, kids excluding him from group projects. And mm-hmm. in fairness, in some ways, he has done that to himself. Well, because Corbin does take over. Yes. School group projects. He does have a problem with doing group work because he wants to do all the work himself. Because... Yeah. He just wants to do his ideas. He doesn't want to incorporate other kids' ideas. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've gone through and told him, like, you, you know, there's... Part of group. Yeah, you're going to go through oh, mm, <laughs> the rest of elementary school and high school and likely university or college if you go having to do group work. Because yeah. I know in college I had to do group work mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> yep. And... You know, inevitably, in a group, you do have someone that is the stronger one of the three or four of you. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's your group leader. Yeah. But, like, <coughs> which it's he still seems to always group. will be. But, yes. You do still have to take everybody's opinions in mind and let everyone do work. Which is a work in progress. <laughs> yes. He will eventually, maybe, learn. <laughs> eventually. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely interesting. But, I mean... I think there's lots of ways to get around it, and I feel like in the next couple of weeks, like, I'd really, li- like, maybe I'll do some things on the stories about, like, some of the activities I did for bullying prevention mm-hmm. and, like, stuff like that, because I think it is really important, and I feel like now is the time of year to bring it to the forefront, because it's the it's a brand new year, and, you know, you can affect your kids at home. Like, if yeah. they come home and they're talking to you about these situations, how do you deal with them? <clears throat> well, in What's some happening? Case- I have a hard time talking about that kind of stuff, too. Like, I know Corbin's not a kid to open up nope. about stuff. He has pretty select people he opens <clears throat> up to, and yeah. that's about it. And, 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 and sometimes when he does end up opening up about it, it's a big deal. Yeah. And it sometimes it's like, well, shoot, why didn't you tell us about this, like, a month ago when we could have dealt with it before I got to this point? Like, yeah. kids hold a lot of stuff in. They do, and I think that they, like... Especially mm. kids in a blended family, I feel like they already take on a lot, mm-hmm. and I feel like sometimes they really close themselves off to showing off any other emotion because they're they're not sure who's gonna take it how, yeah, like in which way, like they're just not sure, yeah. And I know for me, like that was absolutely it. Like I I kept a lot of what I was feeling inside, and it wasn't until it was a bigger issue. Mm-hmm. That it came to the surface. Yeah. And I mean, like, when I was in high school, I was smart enough to know myself well. And, like, I wasn't a shit by any means, but I got into a little bit of trouble here and there. Mm. And it wasn't even that I got myself into trouble. I was just put in stupid positions at times (laughs) that, like, I should never have been put in. But we had a counselor at school, and I went and saw her every once in a while just to have a conversation. Because there was times, like, I was very... And this is something, like, if you really knew me, you would know. But in when I was about 15 years old, like, I was very much, like, in a low place. Like, I was very much depressed. I was struggling in school. 
Like I was, and I was doing well in extracurriculars and I put on a really brave face for everybody else, Mm -hmm. but I spent most of my lunches alone. Yeah. And I'd often eat by myself in the guidance office because I didn't want to see anybody else. And like, there was some thoughts of suicide there. Mm -hmm. Like I was really young and you know, at the time, like I was going through a lot and I didn't exactly have the easiest home life at the time um with you know my dad at that point had kind of come back into the picture and things were going on so like I knew myself well enough and like some I don't remember what happened but I ended up breaking down and like I had already started kind of seeing the guidance counselor and I remember I got in trouble for something and my mom fucking lost it and I like just blurted out everything that I was already seeking counselor and that I was already feeling suicidal and whatever else and my mom looked at me and she was like I don't even know what to do with you (laughs) I don't know how to do this. And I feel like you need to know how to read your kids. Because I feel like if you don't know how to read your kids, this bullying can lead to way more. And you can end up in that situation where your kids are really low, they're really lonely, they're really lost. And unfortunately, in some cases, and unfortunately I have been not witness to, but I have been in situations with kids who have lost friends because of it. Yeah. At a very young age. And that is a very, like, difficult thing for a young person. Mm -hmm. And I would hate for anybody to feel that way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's our rant on bullying for the day. Yeah. (laughs) Bit of a rant. A little bit of a rant. Yeah, it's fine. A little bit. Now available through Amazon and Kindle is my new ebook, The Chronicles of a Stepmom. Sit down, grab a glass of wine, and take a journey with me through being a 25-year-old single independent girl to a stepmom in the flash of an eye. Read about my struggles, my wins, and my challenges with this role. You can find a link in the podcast description to get your copy today. Okay, so the update of the week. <laughs> so we had another it's not my dog moment. <laughs> oh, fuck, I feel like they never end. But Rip's still here in case you wanted to know. Yeah, we still have the puppy. Yeah, he's like pushing probably 30 pounds at this point. He has to be. Yeah. It's so hard to tell it was just picking him up, but he's, he's got to be. I picked him up today and I was like, oh, <sighs> you are getting to the point that I could probably start using you as weights. Right? For how long, I don't know. And now, he switched over to the raw diet. Yeah. FYI, we are a pro-raw family. Yes. All the all the dogs are on the raw. Yeah. <clears throat> you can hate. Yeah. But guess what? You it's can judge. Work, it works for us. Yes. It's our level of normal. <laughs> yes. I mean, when I go think about how big <clears throat> Muzzy's poops were. Like two handers. Yeah. Now we're half that size. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... I was, the, I was the, uh, the pusher. Yeah. <laughs> I was the pusher. Oh, it's, you know, I, I just haven't been at the point and you know what? This gave me the best opportunity to do it. Well, and for me, like, <clears throat> we started feeding raw because Charlie couldn't eat anything else. Yeah. And then at the time, Zoe wasn't doing well either. And it yeah. just was a thing. Yeah. Zoe was our lab before Marley. And then when we got Marley, it was just... It was already a thing, so I'm like, well, we'll just continue. Well, in the... Where do we get it from? The... Rossum? The, yeah. 
Well, our no, raw performance. It's raw performance, and and they deliver to your freaking your door. Yep, it's great. This is not an ad. This is yeah. Maybe one day it will be, but <laughs> no, they are awesome. And like raw performance, especially for the amount of dogs that we have to feed. Yeah, it's the best bang for your buck. And oh, in yeah. a pinch, when we're like struggling, yes. we do go to Rossum yes. in Woodstock. Yes, and this is also not an ad, but they are wonderful. And if you go in, they are fabulous. You can go in and weigh your dog. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, like I was there Saturday and. <clears throat> I swear I could spend hours in there just talking to them. Well, and looking at all the stuff, like, geez, like, even, yeah, I didn't, I've been in there twice, and I haven't really looked at everything. Yeah. So, I would love to, yeah. Every time I go in there, I find out about a new product. So, right now, like, I'm dealing with a nose (laughs) that I'm not sure what the hell is going on. Yeah, on Charlie. Yeah, a hot spot on Marley from eating chicken. Yeah, but because, it's also in her possibly But, like, she ear. possibly has, like, an ear infection going on, <clears throat> yeah. which then came out as a hot spot, which, whatever. Yeah. Um, But I got this new cream that they recommended, and it's from England, and, like, it smells good, and I'm, like... Mm. It smells very herbal. Like, she smells yeah. very herby. <laughs> yes, yes. But, I mean, it's working. It's doing its job, and she's yeah. not losing all her hair. No. So. No. That is exciting. Yes. <laughs> it's very exciting. Yeah. So there's that. Yes. But yes, so yes, the puppy is still here. He has moved mm-hmm. on to big boy food. Yes, because he was no boy. longer accepting kibble. He was not interested in the kibble anymore. Like the last few days, it's just been like a struggle just to get him to finish his. When he dish. came, <clears throat> remember the first day he came and we get put kibble in a bowl, and he almost at- ate the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> like I've never seen a dog engulf food like that before, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, he was like. Eating, like, you know when they, they, they get eaten and they're getting air in their stomach and they're like, he's going to bloat. Like, dog's going to explode. He's eating so fast. Oh, fuck. It was so slow feed bowl became a thing. Yeah. And then suddenly in this past week, he was like, yeah, I have no interest in this shit. Well, he's so, seeing all the other dogs eat the, the raw food. Yeah. Like, I want what they're eating. Duh. This is horse shit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't blame yeah. him. I don't blame him either. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, if you follow us on Instagram, we went to Ikea today in Burlington. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Ikea Burlington sucks. Yeah, Ikea Burlington. Work on your inventory. Yeah. I'm so, pissed. I don't understand. They put something on a special from two ninety nine to two sixty nine, and it's mm-hmm. a dresser. Mm-hmm. Kaylee really wanted this dresser because her house closes this week. Woo. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. But we drive all the way down <laughs> to Burlington from Tavistock. Yes, Kaylee's sick. Sorry. And... We get there and we do, you know, the whole roundabout and whatever. And yep. I mean, it's her, me, and Mark, and like, yeah, it's Three's company, whatever. Meh. But we were making him carry the bags. Like, let's be real. He was a good cart pusher. Yeah. And note taker. <clears throat> yes. Um. Anyways, so we go down to get our fucking dresser, and the spot where our dresser is, there is nothing there. Yeah. So we go out, we're talking to the guy at IKEA, and we look up, <clears throat> and there's six sitting on these shelves made but they can't sell them yeah they're on display but they can't sell them yeah so they're just gonna sit there and look fucking pretty yeah i go to the guy i'm like so can we buy those he's like well no like i've you know I've, he's apparently he had a whole bunch of other people ask him if they could buy them and he's like no ask my store manager like my manager the store manager he's like and the owner comes in and says we can't sell them yeah and i said well what do they do with these dressers when they're not on display anymore and he's like oh well they go in the <clears throat> their little spot up front where it's like where customers return stuff and or it was used as a store model or something like that and you can kind of buy it at a discount which i had already scoped that out at this point yeah 
which is it's fine but anyway so uh, <laughs> hey to Jordan that helped us there he uh, told us to to leave a uh, what's that a called review. a review and you know say how dissatisfied we were which we both did yeah maybe that'll make a difference maybe it won't yeah. who knows anyway <clears throat> if you're ever looking at the inventory at that ikea don't take it at its word on their website or even in the store <clears throat> um but yeah we went to the little return spot and i was I like let's go look <laughs> yeah we're like oh maybe there'll be something there and i did yeah. find a dresser it's yeah. a nice dresser it's already built yep i mean it was regularly what 449 499 499 499 okay i told save more mark said it was 449 all right no he lied <clears throat> he wasn't reading he was using his man eyes <clears throat> typical man. um but she got it for 309 yeah which is grand yeah already built i was really looking forward to mark having to struggle and build a dresser for me but it's fine can't win everything it's fine now i can watch him struggle and bring it into the house it's fine <laughs> not quite the same but i'll live i'm sure he's gonna have to put something else yeah i'll find something else for him to build (laughs) and i can tell you he doesn't build well so like good luck (laughs) love it so i'm still gonna have to hold the instructions and be like no (laughs) let me use the hammer you don't know how to use it this is wrong (laughs) yeah pretty well so it was still a success you Mm. you get you got a bunch of cute stuff and i got a giant ass caribou picture that yeah was in the secondhand section yeah it was pretty it's a Cool picture and yeah and i got odds and ends and <clears throat> yeah. stuff for my little bathroom reno that eventually will happen and brady's made fun of your little <sighs> hanging baskety things yeah the new shower caps were great fuck you that is a holder of face towels <laughs> or whatever i decided to be whatever eat. the hell i want to put in there <laughs> he always has an opinion such a jackass he always has an opinion and then he saw the plates he's like what do we need those for i'm like don't you worry about it yeah don't worry about this shit. I'm like, you are lucky that I'm not throwing out the plates we just bought <laughs> and bringing the these ones. I was really like, Paige, I'm sure like, I like these. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's really eating me, and I've looked at Ikea now twice, and I'm like, should I just put them in my cart? They're really nice. I really like them. And the mug, like, the matching, not like mm-hmm. you need mugs, but you could toss out some mugs. That'll never happen. I've tried. Oh. We seem to have sentimental value to our mugs. I don't know what it is. I mean, the ones that are actually sentimental is one thing, but, like... I don't even drink enough to justify as many books as we No, have. like, I brought in, like... But I was so excited for my tea... I bought my teapot, though. Yes, that, that is cute. That has the diffuser in it. Yeah, which is yeah. really nice. That is a cute little teapot. Yeah. And your little flour sifter, or... Yeah, my flour sifter. Powdered sugar. Yeah, my flour sifter. Which is cool. And the picture frame for the frame that Brady broke. Yes. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. We got a lot of cool stuff. I mean, I spend a lot less than I thought I was going to, honestly. So Yeah, you were, like, stressing. I'm like, I was worried. Down. I was like, man, I gotta do this and then this. And I bring it all in. And even before the dresser, I was like, oh. That's not as much as I thought. <laughs> I, I got, was like, we can go back. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I had two. I have two. In my room, I have two full blue Ikea bags. Yeah. <laughs> I came home with one full one, and I was yeah. like, I went in for nothing. Yeah, yeah. I came in here with no, <laughs> no need of anything. <laughs> I knew you weren't leaving there with nothing. <laughs> God damn it. So, yeah, Kaylee's house closes this week. Yeah, I get do my final walkthrough 
on Wednesday and then Thursday I get very anticlimactic. Like back in the day you got to go to the lawyer's mm. office and pick up the keys. Or wait for the lawyer to call. Or wait the for the lawyer to were... call you. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and then uh no. Now because of COVID, they just get left in a lockbox. Like, you know, typically when you go to see a house, they're in a lockbox. Yeah. So, yeah. Just go there Thursday night and take my keys out and walk into my house. Look and at then it. Kicking your ass out on Friday. Yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad and Matt are gonna come with Dad's little enclosed trailer, and we'll take my room and shit. And then my container gets dropped off Friday morning at some point. We'll start unloading that. I'll eventually join her. I'm sure you will. I'm not worried about it. You gotta work. Till one. Yeah. And then you can come. Yep. And then Friday, probably, I'll probably leave the dogs here Friday. Either come and get them Friday night or Saturday morning. Or you guys can bring them Saturday morning. I don't care. I just figure Friday probably won't be a good time to have both of them there. Well, fuck, you're leaving me with all the dogs now, too? Good all of Lord. the dogs. Not like they haven't all been here. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> yeah. I can come get them Friday night, too. Well, if I'm coming to your house, I can also just bring them. Yes, you can. Do you really want to have Muzzy in the car? Rethink your life a little. It's only down 59. Okay. How badly can this go? I don't know. It Hmm. depends on if you actually get to my house with the dog. (laughs) I'm not saying he'll make it past the Vanier cutoff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Kaylee, come get your dog. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. So in case you wanted to know, Muzzy is not the greatest in the car. He's very... I mean, okay, if you're... Driving on the highway and there's just cars around you, it's one You're thing. Fine. As soon as he sees another dog or a human, shit's gonna hit the fan. Yeah. <clears throat> like you might lose a window. It, like driving in town is not an option unless he's sleeping, which is not usually an option. I mean, we could drug him. We could, but it's. I've tried. <laughs> the, the, the vet gave me some like doggy downer kind of like treats, the, the, on the non prescription kind. I tried those. They did nothing. So I need to get a prescription for him. <laughs> for... But anyways, Kaylee is working on this. <laughs> yes. Anyway. <laughs> she also can't walk him. No. Because he's loud. You hear him coming no. before you see him. Yeah. I got to I've already got a, his name in on it. Well, I have to talk to... I've talked to the trainer already. She's in Woodstock. So now I just have to move. And then I got to schedule his little... Assessment. Entry assessment. <laughs> yeah. The trainer's name is Sima. Sima? Sima. Anyway, very nice lady at uh, Shield K9, so that should be good for him. Maybe odds be ever in your favor, Sima. Well, I'm hoping it's... I'm hoping it's successful. So she... ask me how I found out about this. Paige decided to take all the dogs on a car ride. Because she was going to pick up dog food, and she wanted to weigh her own dogs, and she felt bad because Muzzy would then be home alone. You t- to be fair, you have heard my dog in a car. Well, I didn't really think it was gonna be that bad with this many other dogs in a car. Mm-hmm. Be that as it may. I digress. How great was it? It was the worst experience of my life. It couldn't <laughs> have ended faster. <laughs> I got home and I was like, I'm gonna kill someone. Like I came home, <laughs> dropped him off, just him, and then I. Took the dogs and went and picked Corbin up. Because I'm like, I just can't. <laughs> just 
hand. I could have told you it was going to yeah, be bad. Well, she got home and I was like, so I took your dog on a car ride. And she's like, ah, yeah. going like, you're lucky you still have a dog. I was like, that was probably great for you, wasn't it? And you're like, fuck no. You are lucky you still have a dog. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got some excitement that is, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Even if you take him for a run, put him in the car, you're still going to get the same result. It's, I don't know what it is. Yeah. All the CBD, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, it might have to just be a thing. I didn't want to have to drug my dog, but like. You're not really drugging them if it's CBD. I know. Macy does great. I know. (laughs) Yes, that's right. I'm endorsing CBD. Any CBD companies out there? I got you. We are willing to, we, we we would love that. We would love to have your ads on our podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> but no, in reality, that's the week in a nutshell. And yeah, it's a good week. Good few days. Yeah, it's gonna be a good week. Oh, I don't know about that. But I don't know. I have to deal with separation anxiety. So <laughs> for the first time in probably like <coughs> three years, Brady and I will actually have to coexist in the house by ourselves. <laughs> Minus Curtis, but Curtis is not here tomorrow night. Um, Curtis is his worker, but, um, so I'm not really, we're not really sure how we're going to handle this yet. Oh God. Paige might be at my house more. (laughs) Kaylee, stop by my house. You already know on fucking barn nights, I'm going to be dropping Muzzy off here. In the morning. In the morning. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's really not. (laughs) Yeah. We're still going to see each other. (laughs) Really not worried. (laughs) No. And nice I pick Corbin up. I'll be picking him up from here. Yeah. <laughs> so. You'll see me every day. <laughs> really? That's not the same. I can't just run downstairs and start screaming, do you want to build a snowman? Instead, you'd be calling me. Yep. <laughs> I know what my ringtone's going to be. Do you want to build a snowman? Yep. I'll just see if I can find one that says, do you want to start drinking? Yep. <laughs> fuck it up. Fuck it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, Reels these days and the shit they've created for us. Yeah. Anyways. Anywho. Hope you guys are having a good week or had a good week. And you're gonna have a great week. You're gonna have a great week. Oh god. I said the same thing. This is what we've done this multiple times today. I'm not sure why you're surprised. No, I'm not. (laughs) This is what happens when you spend too much time together. (laughs) Finish each other's sentences? A little bit. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Are you a mom, stepmom, dad, or stepdad that feels alone, lost, and maybe unsure of how to make your co-parenting team work? Are you looking for others like you? Do you want resources and tools from people who have been in your shoes? Are you looking to just share your experience and get some support? If any of those things resonate with you, we have the place for you. The Uniquely Us Moms Support Portal is available through Facebook It is an exclusive group of parents and step-parents just like you. The group is private and allows you to post anonymously. There are resources, lives, and all kinds of features available to members only. Want to get in the group? Check out the link in the episode description.